Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Sanchez. This is the Rick Sanchez Podcast, and I just want to go on the record telling you what I love. I love leaks. I love leaks, and I love leakers. See, I'm a journalist, and journalists are supposed to love leaks and love leakers. I mean, of course, there's exceptions. I don't want somebody leaking or putting out or publishing information about how to make a nuclear bomb or to give away our nuclear secrets or something like that. But when it comes to information about my government, I mean, what we're doing, the stupidity that we're constantly embroiled in, this is, this is exactly what we live for. The, the, we, a journalist is supposed to get new information. In other words, information the government doesn't want you to have, that's good information. Information the government wants you to have, that's bad information. In fact, when you're only putting out stories that the government wants you to report, you're basically state fucking media. You're state media. If the only time you report something is because you got a press release from the Pentagon or from the State Department or from the White House <laughs> or, or from the Republican, some Republican senator or some Democratic congressman, you're basically not a real journalist. I, you know, it's just, oh my God, this thing. I know you guys are listening to us all over the world. And you, you, you probably, I hope you're asking yourself, what happened to the media in America? It used to be the best. It used to be the best, and it isn't anymore. And, and, it, and it's because of stuff like this. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. There's this huge story that broke this week. Leaked documents regarding Ukraine. And I'm going to read you the headline in Associated Press. Associated freaking press, man. I mean, wire service. They're supposed to be like neutral, down the middle. They're just supposed to report the news. But look what they kind of do with this, if you listen to it. Leaked documents regarding Ukraine, a very serious risk. Don't you think if it's, if the leak is substantial, shouldn't you tell me what the information is in the leak? Wouldn't that be cool too? Because... Unbelievable stuff in here. But but let me just read you. Okay, this is the Associated Press story. Stay with me here because this is really important. I want to teach you a little something about journalism. Dateline, Washington, Associated Press. The online leaks of scores of highly classified documents about the Ukraine war present a very serious risk to national security. Senior leaders are quickly taking steps to migrate the damage, the top Pentagon spokesman said Monday. What are they talking about here? They're not talking about the information that we got from the leak. They're talking about how, uh-oh, somebody gave us information that the government doesn't want us to know. And rather than sharing the information with their viewers, with their listeners, with their readers, what are they doing? They're taking the side of the government. Like, somebody has new information on the government, and it's not our information, so we're just going to do a story about how terrible the information must be then. What if it's important information? What if it's like the Pentagon Papers when we found out that the government was lying to us about Vietnam? What, it was, what if it was like the My Lai Massacre, that famous story done by Seymour Hersh, one of the greatest journalists of our time? What, what if we found out our government was secretly planning to steal our money? What if we found out we were getting ready to invade, I don't know, Mexico or the Bahamas? Because we thought it was a great way of making a lot of money. Can't report it if it's a leak. No, I want that leak. I want that information. I mean, this latest thing is about Ukraine, where we're finding out that the government has apparently been bullshitting us about Ukraine all along. Oh, wow, what a surprise. 
Anybody with, you know, who can, as my mother would say, who could see their, you know, two fingers in front of their face would have known a long time ago that that was all BS, or at least a big part of it. Apparently, the casualties we are reporting, way off. The leak also confirms, you know, that there are NATO forces on the ground in Ukraine. That's huge. <laughs> That's really important information. I mean, as a citizen of the United States, if we're putting troops in some country where we've already spent, supposedly, according to what we've earmarked from Congress, $103 billion, um, uh-oh, this is starting to look like it's going to be a war that we're involved in. Because guess what? NATO is us. When, when we got NATO troops on the ground in Ukraine... According to this leaked document, which, by the way, the Pentagon is not saying it's not true. They're just angry somebody reported it. So journalistically speaking, as Americans, we should be going, thank God somebody's telling us the truth about what's really going on there. We're not supposed to get this information and all of a sudden say to ourselves, uh-oh, uh-oh, there's, there, there, there's information here that a government doesn't want us to know, so I, I better not hear it. Let me cover my ears. No. An informed citizenry is the baseline of democracy. An informed citizenry. That's who we are as Americans. Not anymore. Turn on, turn on any cable channel. What are you going to see? Joining us now is Pentagon official such and such. Joining us now is retired general such and such. Oh, by the way, they don't tell you that that retired general has a contract with Raytheon or Pratt & Whitney, and they're actually being paid by those, by those companies to go on TV and proliferate and talk up uh, a war or a potential war by saying terrible things about whoever our enemy of the week is that week. I don't know, China, Russia, Ukraine, you know, this one, that one, Iran, uh, some country in Africa, Venezuela, whatever. And any country that they can just go on there and just say terrible things about, which is fine. Maybe those countries deserve to have terrible things said about them. But how do we know they're not just saying it because they want to make sure we can create some kind of, you know, kerfuffle with that country so that then we can need more, more bombs, more ammo, more weapons. And then the people who are paying me to go and talk on CNN or MSNBC or Fox will make more money. Because after all, I work for those companies. Oh, and by the way, the reporter on CNN who's interviewing me has never told his viewers that I work for those companies. Do you understand what I'm saying here? That's the problem. And then when an independent journalist comes out and does a real report criticizing our government or revealing something about our government, we don't even... Let me give you an example. And we're going to hear from him because I've got an interview here with none other than Seymour Hirsch, probably one of the greatest, of course, journalists ever, right? And, and, and he writes this story, uh, does Seymour Hirsch, about how my government, your government, our government, Scotty, your government, decided one day that we were going to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline underwater. Now think about this. These, these are the pipelines, three of them, that feed under the Black Sea natural gas to Europe, specifically Germany. And Cy Hirsch, you know, we're not talking about, you know, Tucker Carlson or, you know, some, or, or whatever, Rachel Maddow. No, Cy Hirsch, one of the greatest reporters of our time, nails this story down. 
Look for it. Read the story. It's detailed, sourced, everything. Now, he doesn't give names of people because they're going to get fired or killed because the CIA will remove them very soon. But he nails this stuff down. I mean, Mr. Biden, our president, and I guess the CIA, sent divers 260 feet down underwater. They planted bombs on, on concrete surrounding the pipelines and then they set, uh, 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 they put in uh, det detonating devices and they blew them up. By the way, I got to tell you the story that Hirsch reports, which he's told me about. They were, they were set to, they had like a timing device and we were going to blow these things up. And now we were going to blow them up within 48 hours. And then all of a sudden they get a call from the White House, the CIA team, the divers, who dove down there and planted the bombs. It's all detailed in Mr. Hirsch's reporting. Suddenly, uh, they get a call from the White House. No, 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 no. Turn off the detonators. This is going to be too obvious. Why? The U.S. was doing military exercises there just 48 hours before the uh, bombs were scheduled to go off. And they said, this is, the whole world is going to know we did it because we were just doing military exercises there. So we're, we're going to have to wait. So now they wait and they devise a new way where they can send a plane over the Black Sea and that plane then uh, sends some kind of uh, signaling or homing device that goes on the water and it blows up the pipelines. The pipelines, all of a sudden, there's no oil. There's, I mean, there's no uh, natural gas going to uh, Germany. <sighs> I mean, we're blowing up another country's infrastructure. We are literally... Uh, disallowing Germans and other Europeans from receiving the natural gas that is going to make them able to, you know, heat their homes. We, we are literally creating a scenario where all of a sudden the price of that natural gas is going to go through the roof. Oh, and yeah, guess who gets to now send the natural gas? We do. So did we do this for the money? Can you follow the money? It's... It, this is this is one of those stories that makes me as an American, you know, question what we do. Besides, look, let's suppose we hated the Russians so much or we needed to do this because we needed to make money or whatever the hell we were doing. We still have to ask ourselves what kind of dangerous game we're playing when we can create a situation where we destroy the infrastructure of another country. And not just some little country. We're destroying the infrastructure of a country that has more nuclear warheads than we do. I don't want to play this game. This is the kind of shit that starts world wars. This is the kind of stuff that starts world wars. Could you imagine if China came over here and, and blew up our water system? Or blew up our uh, our um, our any, any part of our infrastructure involving electricity, for example, or power, or I, I don't know. You you you, and I mean something huge. Like we're talking, you know, the Nord Stream pipeline. This is this is as big as it gets. And, and this is how Russia provides n energy to Germany and other parts of Europe. It's a big deal. And we just decided we were going to blow it up. It, it just seems foolhardy to me.
In fact, and 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 by the way, this report nailed down by uh, by by uh, Cy Hirsch, nailed down by Cy Hirsch, and not a single person has interviewed him in the corporate media. You would think CNN would get him on and say, "What are you talking about? Tell me about it." You would think fa- you you would think somebody would want to do this story. No, they don't want to do it. Because it might be critical of Biden or maybe critical of our government or, you know, since when are journalists supposed to carry water for our government? We'd still be fighting in Vietnam if if, if that's what we were doing back then. Listen to me. This is important. We have to reverse course on this. And by the way, they're ignoring a story that even Biden admitted. And when a, when a reporter asks him, but Mr. President, can you do this? I mean, this is between Russia and Germany. This has nothing to do with the U.S. He smiles and says to the reporter, oh, hell yeah. And now we know from the reporting by Cy Hirsch that Mr. Pro- Mr. Biden, our president, had been involved in meetings for a long time about how they were going to do this and how they were going to use this... Uh, this outfit out of Pensacola, Florida, these divers, and they didn't want to use the uh, Navy SEALs because then they'd have to report it to the CIA and to the Congress, and they didn't want Congress to find out about it. I mean, this is, you know, this, this is an amazing piece of journalism that is journal that is generally ignored by our media. Just like this week, we hear all the reporting about the so-called leak story. Oh, we can't report that might say something their government doesn't want us to report. Since when are you the police or the watchdog for the government? You're supposed to be the watchdog for me, for, us, for the citizens of the United States. So then, here's part do, right? The second part of the story. So now this story by Cy Hirsch is everywhere. It's already been picked up all over the place. All the alternate media has played it. Of course, CNN still hasn't covered it. Neither has Fox. Neither has NBC. Neither has CNN. I mean, you can't even watch. Those people are crap. Don't watch them. Because you're not going to get anything even resembling the truth there. Except for politics and, you know, Nancy said this and McConnell said that and Trump said this and Trump, 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 and Biden, Biden, and Hunter Biden, and this one and that one. And then nothing of substance, you know, just the, the political soap opera of the day. But... Uh, they still haven't spoken to Cy Hirsch, and uh, they still haven't covered this story, but everybody else has. It's become obvious, you know? It's like the elephant in the room, that our government, you know, exploded the infrastructure that provides energy to Germany from Russia. That's the Nord Stream pipeline, okay? So now the Biden administration or the people in the White House or I don't know, the CIA guys or whoever, somebody decides, uh-oh, we got a problem. The story's out. We got to come up with something. So they come up with a cover story. <laughs> and, and, and the cover story is that the people who, the, yeah, the pipeline was blown up, but it wasn't us. It was a rogue uh, group of Ukrainians who aren't necessarily working for the Ukrainian government, but are anti-Putin um, and Russia, I guess, who 
came together one day and pulled off this amazing thing where they got diving equipment and a small boat and went on the Black Sea at night and, you know, dressed like, uh, I guess, 007. <laughs> and, and together they went down there and then blew up these pipelines. And that's who did it. And then they plant that story, does uh, the Biden administration, the CIA, uh, and they give it to uh, a couple of uh, German papers. Uh, and then they give it to the New York Times. And the New York Times just runs with it. Like, oh, okay. What do you need us to report? Yeah, we need you to report that we didn't do it. These guys did it. And what do we have on these people? Well, here's the story. We need you to print this. So they print it. I mean, the New York Times. This is supposed to be the greatest newspaper in the world. Or was at one point. You know, all the news that's fit to print. The New York frickin' Times writes a cover story to cover for our government on something that we should know about. I want to know. Maybe there's an argument for why we needed to do this. I don't know. But to do it and hide it? And by the way, here's, the, here's maybe the best part of the story. Not only did Cy Hirsch do this story, but here's... President Biden bragging about it and asked by the reporter, you know, can you do this? And here's how he responds. Take a listen. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But do, but how, will you, how will you do that? Exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Look what he says. Look, listen, you, you, could, you, you can't really, obviously you can't see it because we're talking, but I, I'm looking at this and you could see a smile in his face like, yeah, I did that. You know, it's like grandpa living in the 1950s still thinks it's World War II or on the brink of World War II or that we're in a Cold War and, you know... Those rules do need not apply anymore. My fear is, you know, this kind of crazy, erratic behavior could start World War III. I don't want World War III. I don't want to war with China and Russia and, 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 and whoever. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of ways that we can figure out how to bring peace in these areas and live with these people, but unfortunately there are too many interests that don't want that. I called Sai and I said, look, Sai. I want to have a conversation with you about this. It's important. And we had this conversation, not just about his original story, but about the cover as well. So here's Cy Hirsch. I want you to listen to him. One of the greatest reporters of our time. Yeah, you better tell everybody we're not brothers-in-law. That was a pretty, <laughs> pretty overwhelming introduction. Yeah. But, we. But we I, you happen to be from the class of people who believe in journalism, which doesn't seem to be the class that exists today. You know, it's been, a, I think, in all fairness, Trump scared the hell out of and, and most of the most of the uh, most of the, the hmm. more or less liberal or straight press. They were just terrified by it. So yeah. they're back. To, you know, that's I, uh, that's just one reason. But, you know, I, as you said, I worked for The New York Times for, uh, for seven or eight years and wrote all kinds of stories. And um, and I would say of the 800 stories or whatever, maybe 5% had a source in it by name. Most of them were written because you can't get people in the community 
So the, the rap on me on this story was unnamed sources, which is really tiresome because, you know, how could, and, and, and the fact, the story you mentioned that the, uh, that the Times wrote where the reporter sort of disavowed what he even had written, that had three unnamed sources in it too. It's just, so we're in a really funny stage. It's, it's a post-Trump stage. There, I think the New York Times and the Washington Post, the liberal media, and I would, I would include CNN and MSNBC as opposed to Fox News. Although I must say, uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News reported what I wrote right away, right up front. Yeah. That's... Uh, but the, the other enters didn't, and you know, they just did not. And ask me if the Senate or the uh, House have done anything about it. Of course, the Democratic Senate, you know, uh, Chuck Sumer, the, the House Speaker, the idea that they would ask for an investigation into a Democratic president. We've come a long way wrong in the last three, 40 decades. Let's you know, go Let's go to this latest story. And I, I, I would love to know what you think, from your own experiential standpoint, of why the United States seems to have, and I'll use this word and you tell me if it's overused or not in this case, invented or planted this most recent story. Why, why are they doing this? Because they, the, the United States knows who did it. They know the president did it. You could, another way of asking this question, uh, that no reporter is asking a press conference. Uh, the, 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 that we blew up the pipeline, and pipe and Biden's okay. A group of CIA officers and other agencies were put together, and um, uh, uh, early this year, last year, a year ago at this time, and they did the they did the hard work in Norway. I've written about that. But so after you know, uh, all you have to do to get is to ask. If you're in the White House press corps, say to the president or to the press secretary one day, have you guys ever done, as the president ever tasks, that's the word they use in the military, in the intelligence community, mm -hmm. the White House, the president tasks them to do an all-source study of who did the bomb, who blew it up. And, you know, we have incredible intelligence. We have signals intelligence. We have assets. We have most of the countries in, in the Europe work with us. We could, have, we could have had an answer to that story, you know, in a few days. Um, but, of course, um, nobody's asked, and the White House is not going to do it because they know who did it. Why ask and do it? Why have it on the record? So it's all – and the story is falling apart, and there's pressure. What happened? Do you, do you uh, think – so, so very few of us seem to want to cover this story, and you, when I read the story that you wrote – it's a fascinating story, and what I find best about the story is it's very detailed. You have conversations, meetings, dates, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to question that, and yet it seems to be taking a long time for people to say, oh, my God, we did it again. Our government, our CIA did something we probably shouldn't have done. At the, at the order of the president, and in the story I wrote, the last sentence, if I remembered, um, this is the initial story I've written. I've been writing for Substack for not that long. I didn't know much about it. It's quite a, it's quite a medium. I think they had a million hits on the story within 20 hours. That's because there's a lot of journalism that isn't being happened, isn't going out right now. And there are many people, in, not, not just in America, this is an international thing. Many people around the world uh, understand that they're not getting from the American press, from the New York Times, Washington Post, the kind of reporting they should get, particularly on the war. Hmm. If you read the New York Times, you would think the Ukrainian army is doing quite well. But it's 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 going to be Putin's call, and that doesn't mean I like Putin. No. He started, you know, this is the guy that started the first, the bloodiest war we've had in Western Europe since World War II. And you can't, you can always fault him for that. It's not about that. It's about us, and, you know. And 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 um, uh, Biden. 
the president's my explanation for what's going on is uh, Biden is is he's he wants to be reelected again. He, he's he's not in full command. We we can see it. I mean, he's okay, uh, but he's not in full command. He's tired. He's 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 close to eighty, and um, uh, and there's a lot of problems in the country he's not dealing with. And presidents always find that war is a big plus. When you go to war, you get a lot of points. You always do. Bill Clinton learned this in the worst days of his presidency. Once he started bombing, uh, uh, he bombed uh, Iraq about five months into the presidency when he was under great trouble because of his, his uh, demand that uh, the army accepts don't ask, don't tell. Remember, he was being rat- criticized, yeah. and he didn't have the guts to say. He did not have the guts to tell the, the members of the Joint Chief if you don't like my policy, give me your resignation. Instead, he just waffled around. Then he did a bombing in May. I remember I was at a ballpark with my kid, and there was an announcement made, anybody in the government, go home. I was at the um, uh, and me in, too. it must have been in Baltimore. Go home. And so I knew something was up. And I was then working for the New York, well, yeah, New Yorker and a magazine. And the next day, sure enough, uh, they had bombed Baghdad, killed eight people. It was the first time uh, America had ever struck a major city in the Middle East. The next day, he goes to church on Sunday. It was a Saturday that the bombing took place. He goes to church, and he's a hero. The press are all over him. They're all over every word. That works. for So Biden jumped on Ukraine. He's going to support but, it all but, the way. But not just the, on Ukraine, uh, Cy. I mean, th- this particular case that you write about, I mean, we go to Norway, we find divers, we take the ones here in my state, Pensacola area, Florida, we, we combine them, we send them on this mission, they go 260 feet underground, they plant essentially bombs, C4, on concrete, blow up these things. Th- th- this whole story is, I don't know, like uh, something out of a 007 movie, and yet we're doing it <laughs> thinking no one's going to find out? Yeah, we, well, I could tell you one thing about the CIA when it wants to do something down and dirty. They know how to keep it. They know how to keep it small. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The people who know are very small. And the president wasn't really getting briefed. The, the CIA director was the, the funnel point. Yeah. The guys in the field. And the less that the White House knows, the better, because it's a talkative White House. And so the president knew they were ready to do it. That's why they by so so Biden they, was talking directly to the operational guys, and that's it. None of his chief of staff or the rest of those folks were really involved in this because they would have it would have leaked. Well, that the fear was that they you know we happen to have a very unique bunch of guys. They're all very very anti-communist, and they're yapping a lot. I and mean, we have a, a secretary of state who was supposed to go to Beijing to meet his counterpart, and he didn't go because of a balloon. You know, remember that? He didn't go because of a balloon. I mean, are you kidding me? And the, the, we're very hostile to all things the communists. We're very hostile to Chinese. The language is very, the language is enough to provoke the hell out of everybody. And, you know, we're in a situation now where we're not top dogs. What happened in the last couple of, uh, the last month, China cut a deal with Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. which is Sunni. Yeah. And, and the Sunnis to go to Shia Iran and cut a deal for oil and energy right behind our back. And not only that, uh, I'm told, and I think it's probably going to happen soon, uh, China, which buys about 20 to 25% of Saudi Arabia's enormous oil they put out, is going to start paying in yen and not in a dollar. And so what 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 does Saudi Arabia get out of it? The Iranians then cut back 
on their people they support in Yemen, the Houthis, and the war ends there. There really is so much to talk about. We're speaking with legendary investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch. You know, Cy, I, I mentioned this a little while ago, but as I was reading your story, I was thinking, I would hope that we still have people within our own government, maybe people in the intelligence community, who, who feel the, the need, the, the, the desire to uh, speak out when they see some of the things that, that, that we do that, that we ought to know about that are questioned. I, 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 I imagine that is what led some of the people to talk to you. Am I right? I'll put it another way, because I don't like to talk specifically about anything. But but after I did My Lai, My Lai was a massacre we did yeah. in, in Vietnam. And I'd been in the Army. You know, my, I'm old enough that I you had to go in the Army compulsory. And I, I, I know how to shoot an M1 and, uh, you know, I'll put together a machine gun with my uh, my eyes blindfolded. So I, 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 I could imagine the Army that I was in in the early 60s was an Army capable of murdering 500 people in cold blood. And not only murdering, but raping the woman and then mutilating many of them, really horrible stuff. And I couldn't imagine it. And and so when I did that story, almost anybody who had any sense in Vietnam, the officers in particular, they knew how bad it was. And so I'm, I was a voice for them. So over the next, you know, when I went on to write for the, uh, the, the New Yorker magazine and the New York Times, et cetera, the, the, the people that come to me, and our government's full of people like this, not in the intelligence service, in the State Department, I mean, uh, everywhere. When you take the oath of office in America, you have to do it every year, uh, uh, certain officers do. Mm. These guys, it's for them, it's not to the general or the admiral or the, the, to the president, it's to the Constitution. And there are those people there. And, you know, if you're a third, third, third generation American who's, or fourth generation who's, whose family has been in war and been in combat for America, you go in there happily. And then you get you and rather than get disillusioned, uh, uh, you, you do your job, but you do have you do have a sense that there is you're I, I just can't get into source stuff. But you're you're not wrong in the idea that. The people I talk to are, are, are people that want their job to be better. And I, I'll put it another way. They want their president to make better choices. You, I don't think that. I think that's fair enough. You write, about, you, you write about a course correction, by the way, that I was fascinated by. They had really originally planned to blow these things up within 48 hours. And then somehow there was some information sent to them saying, no, apparently because we were doing military exercises just prior to that and it seemed like the whole world would know, oh, as soon as the military exercises end, something blows up. Was, was that the reason? And, and take me through that, if you could. The, the whole idea was, the problem was the, the difficulty of the emission. And it was, by the way, what, what the intelligence community did there was quite spectacular, even though they, they, they didn't like the end. Um, but they, they were given an assignment, come up with an option, if you want to blow up the pipelines, you have to do it in such a way that we can't be blamed, right? <laughs> and what they what they wanted to do, the fear was that at some point, as the as the war Ukrainian war against Russia continued, and despite all the optimistic reporting you get from my old newspaper, the New York Times, mm -hmm. where I worked for seven or eight years, it was a great newspaper back then. I don't know why they're in this tack they are now, of just being sort of a a playpen. A playboy for the uh, for the Democrats in the White House, mm -hmm. uh, which they are by and large. Uh, the war is by September when when Biden said let's do it, and gave the order. The war was certainly stalled out, 
And we've put now 120, 120 billion dollars into that war. And Western Europe was being asked to give more and more. And the concern was they could see in Western Europe and in Germany what we weren't being told too much that this war was going nowhere. So, 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 so they were concerned if it blew up right after our ships or our military exercises that we were doing there happened, everybody well, would know we were involved, yeah, right? You're exactly right about that. They, they, so the idea was the wait. But why he picked three months and three and a half months to wait was the question I wondered. Why did he suddenly do it in late September? Because to get back to the point, the war wasn't going well. And even though the press was describing how Ukraine was really great, wonderful, standing up, which they were. I mean, they don't like Russians any more than America likes uh, Putin, rather. Russians are different. Yeah. Russians are good people. The government is. We're not talking about people. We're talking about governments. All right. Uh, but so what happened is the only the best guess I have, the best guess the people who were involved in this were very disillusioned by it, is he was afraid that Europe was going to begin to walk away, particularly the Germans. Germans after World War II are not interested in a big military. And they were being asked to produce more tanks. And 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 the pipeline that that Schultz controlled full of gas and w winter's coming up now it happened to be a mild winter was which was okay but winter's coming up for Europe and yeah the fear was he was going to open up the pipeline and make his do his job as chancellor he was going to make the people warm make the businesses happy and so we didn't give him that option we took away the option Biden's the only explanation that makes sense to me and other a lot of other people involved is that he, he, he blew up the pipeline. Whether Schultz knew about it at the time or not is not clear. I don't know. But he certainly afterwards has not been, he's not been part of the, the people screaming for an investigation. He's done anything to stop it. And so what Western Europe, we always had, Western Europe doesn't have gas and oil. We've always had Western Europe's back. You know, we supported Western. It's been a model of democracy. What we did after World War II is we've really turned a lot of countries, Germ all of European countries, into model countries. But, 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 with, but with this action, aren't we, Cy, leaving them out in the cold? Quite literally leaving them out in the cold? More than the cold. It's desperate there now. It's inflation like you've never seen. They, they, they're trying to get by with LNG, liquefied national gas, uh -huh. that doesn't produce enough, and it costs three, four times as much. They're not going to have enough gas to keep their people warm. And not only in, in Germany, but Western Europe. The, 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 the Russian gas was so much that Germany was able to sell what they call downstream. Mm. They had companies that sell the Russian gas that we had too much of downstream to other companies. It's all gone now. In France right now, they're paying five, some places are paying five times as much for electricity because they've always had gas from ever from Germany. The turbines that produce electricity are run by gas, not by coal. And they shut down some nuclear sites. They may reopen, but they shut them down because they were dangerous. I got to ask you, I got to ask you about the existential, potential existential <laughs> effect of something like this. I, I worry as an American. Look, I don't want World War Three. OK, I don't want to go to war with China. I don't want to go to go war with Russia. But it scares me to think that my beloved country <laughs> would be doing something like this where we would destroy the infrastructure of another country, no less a country with more nuclear warheads than we have, um, and, and, and the potential effect that could have. Oftentimes, the first act in wars is the destruction of infrastructure. Well, my God, if we did this, as you report, that's exactly what this is. How worried uh, should we be about this? 
you couldn't, you couldn't have, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're my, you're my pitch man on this stuff, man. That's great. That's exactly what we're done. And I don't think Biden thought through the consequences of the hatred of Russia, the hatred of communism. And don't forget the war for him in the beginning. Everybody was for it. Let's go show the commies. Yeah. But it's not working out well. <laughs> the, the sanctions haven't worked. McDonald's may be gone, but there's still people selling hamburgers there. And the country is not dying. It's it, The people are living. I'm, I'm sure it's, the economy's down a little bit. He's not getting the same money, but he's making do. He's do you think, here's, you just made me think of something. Do you think if the American people knew that we did this rather than not knowing because they watch CNN and MSNBC and Fox and read the New York Times, and there's no way that they can know, unless, you know, they're a very small minority. Do you think if our people, if we Americans knew what we did, we, we would hold it against our government right now? We would call Biden to question for it? I think it's, I, I, it's not happening now because they don't know really very much about it. There's been no press coverage. Right. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that won an awful, you know, uh, my wife won't let me hang up any prizes anywhere. I got boxes of them. No, none of them in the house. I won an awful lot of prizes in my life. And, um, um, and, um, That's and so what I worry about. Is, do, do, do we, are we as Americans concerned enough to act on this type of information if we were to know? I don't know. All yeah. I know is that... All I know is that the anti-communism and the language that comes out of uh, Biden and his, his Secretary of State Blinken and his uh, national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, who was a big pusher for expanding NATO in his earlier life, and, and the undersecretary of uh, state, uh, uh, Victoria Nuland, Victoria who was Nuland. responsible and, and, and involved in the overthrow of a pro-Russian mm -hmm. government in, in uh, eight years ago, 2014. I call that gang Blinken, Winken, Blinken, and Nod. <laughs> You know, like the child story, we're, because they're all on the same page. Sorry. Communism sorry. Screaming and yelling. You know, you, what can I tell you? You're great. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say we're out of time. We could we could. Continue. I know. I just want to say one more thing. I mean, you, you can cut it if you have to. Go ahead. This this summer and fall is going to be a disaster for Europe. And it's going to be falling Biden's head. And what he wanted to do is to lock up a chance for reelection or be renominated. He's going to blow it. He's going to blow it. It's not going to happen. He's a, he's, your he's words, your prediction. Seymour Hirsch, uh, legendary old world journalist, as we like to say. There may be a few of us left. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Cy, for, uh, for joining us and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. Well, just teach me how to sink a five-foot birdie putt because I haven't <laughs> done it in years. That's what I want you to do. Goodbye, buddy. It's amazing to hear what uh, Seymour Hirsch shares with us. Look. As an American, after my conversation with 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 Cy, I, I just worry. I worry we're we're teetering on the brink of something really serious here. I mean, how dangerous is that to attack another country's infrastructure? By the way, there are so many questions that we're going to continue to ask on this. And I know you want me to ask them for you. I still don't get why Germany would go along with this if it was hurting its people. Right? And, and, and Chancellor Scholz, did, I mean, did he know about this? I mean, shouldn't this make us ask questions about co the continual NATO expansion that we're having? And is it possible that people will, 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 will not survive this because they won't have enough money to pay for the energy that would have, they would have used in, in, in Germany and other parts of Europe to, to, to heat their homes? 
I mean, Nord Stream 2 supplies cheap natural gas to half the population of Germany. Now they're paying three times the price to uh, some of our energy companies. Not in all cases, but in some. So then you have to ask yourself, was this done for geopolitical reasons? That maybe somebody can explain to us that we can understand? Or was this really done for economic reasons? And when you start blowing shit up for economic reasons, you know, my friend Scotty Mednick tells a good story. He says he'll never forget after uh, 9-11, and he, like most American young men, joined the military. I think he was in the Navy, and he was heading over there, and he was saying, man, I, you know, they bombed us, and we got to go get them, and this is important, and we're going over to Iraq. Or... And some big old bulky Marine says to Scotty, Scotty's the producer of the show, by the way, says to Scotty, you know why we're going over there? We're going to take their oil. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, 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 and who was right? The Marine. I guess these guys already had the experience and had been there. But these are important conversations I want to have, not because I want to criticize my country. I love my country. You know, not, 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 not because I think somehow that I or anybody else needs to take sides in these things. I'm against war no matter who's involved. But the fact of the matter is, as a journalist, an old-fashioned journalist, in the fit and forum of a Cy Hirsch, for example, but I'm not as good as he is, I got to tell you, we got to get back to the place where there is this, this, you know, relationship between those of us who need to get information to share with American people and those who are trying to not let us get the information. It's called an adversarial relationship. Journalists like myself and government officials like the president or the CIA or any other agency out there, people at the Pentagon, we're supposed to have an adversarial relationship. That's what makes it healthy. What good would it be to watch a football game or a baseball game if both teams said, no, no, you win. No, no, you win. No, no, you win. <laughs> the, the adversarialness in this relationship between journalists and the government is what makes our system work. Folks, te voy a decir una cosa como Latino. I'm going to tell you something as a Latino living in the United States, as an American citizen, right now, that does not happen, which means it ain't working. And I don't know how where, where this can go, and I don't know. That's why we do this podcast. And that's why there's others out there trying to shout the truth. Because if you sit down and all you do is read the New York Times or, 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 or the Washington Post or... Um, or watch cable news or any of the other, you know, very centric. I don't know, that word mainstream I've never liked because it's come overused. I think it's more like corporatized, owned media. You're just not going to get the right information. So there it is. I, I, I can't tell you how much I respect Cy Hirsch. We'll keep in contact with him. Every time we have an opportunity to share something, we will do just that. I'm Rick Sanchez. I like to call this the Rick Sanchez Show, which specializes in giving information that most of the time we're not going to know. And as a Latino living in the United States, I can tell you that I have a different perspective. I don't see things from the left or from the right. I see things for what they are, which is kind of the way we are. 
Thanks so much for being with us. This is the Rick Sanchez Show. Keep listening, by the way. The, num the numbers are astounding. Of the number of people who are tuning in and listening to this podcast. Thanks for believing. We'll see you again next time. Bye.